Jeremy. Neil. Do you like getting married? Hopefully just once. But yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> the one time. So far, so good. Well, I've got a treat for you today. We've got a guest where we'll be talking about getting married. To her? or No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that that's gonna be a, a <laughs> smashing success. Yeah. I'm not saying I'll kill a snitch, but right. you know. <laughs> they can make you wear pants. Welcome to Talk About Town, the local Louisville podcast about culture, art, food, and sports. And now, here's your host with the most, Neil. And Jeremy. All right. Now we're here with Veronica Stivers of In Love In Lou. Yes. And other ventures as well, I believe. Yeah. And um, she does pop-up weddings, basically. And it's come out of a history of event planning, COVID equals what she's doing now. So I, I want to hear more about what you're doing. Cause I thought it was such a cool idea. I even did a little video with her. I was like, we could have used her when I get married in 2007. It's like, boy, we wish, wish that would have been available then. Yeah. So tell us a little about in love and Lou. Thanks Neil. Um, so my, my main company is called big day events and I've been planning and coordinating weddings specifically since 2010 um, it started out, I always had a day job and I would do weddings on the side, uh, like three or four weddings a year. And then, um, finally started like where my main job was event planning. So I didn't have a lot of time to do other things. Um, ended up being the event manager at 21 C and the, um, director of hospitality for rabbit hole and some other events based jobs. Um, uh, but in 2018, I went out on my own, started working for myself, started my own company, um, and actually did mostly corporate work. Um, I contracted for a corporate events company in California, so worked with a lot of tech companies, telecommunications companies. How did you find clients with corporate events? Well, because I was working for a a corporate events company, Mm -hmm. it was really kind of, it was all, you know, handed to me. So that's the tough part of event planning is that not only do you have to be, you know, conceptualizing and executing the events, but you have to be out hustling to get new clients all the time. And I didn't have to do that part, which was great. That but is then great. When COVID hit, um, that all kind of went away overnight. So it's um, definitely been a learning process. But you know, weddings have always been something that I've done. And um, with COVID, obviously, a lot of people's wedding plans changed. There were postponements. There were way scaled down weddings. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of couples who've come to me in the last year who've said, you know, they just want to do something small and easy. They have limited budgets. But, you know, even with maybe $10,000 to spend, your options are just really limited. Um, and especially because venues only have so many days, especially if for seasonal venues like barns and outdoor venues, there's mm-hmm. only so many days on the calendar they can book. And so many people postponed from 2020 that, you know, the calendar is pretty slim for a lot of couples right mm-hmm. now. So I had a lot of vendor friends that I talked through this with and the idea to do pop-up weddings it's really a way to combine like a really high-end luxury wedding experience with, um, you know, just the ease of not having to do all that planning yourself. 
and then saving a lot on the cost because it's all done in one day at one venue and a lot of the costs are shared. So, you know, you get to use $3,000 worth of florals, but you're only paying for a fraction of that because the venue decor is there for the whole day for all the couples to use. Jeremy, I just had a thought. We have a very good friend who is planning to get married in the next whenever. And I remember the last time I talked to her, she was like, and this place is booked. We can't find a place. So might have to connect you to. Yeah. So you, you were helping them so they can be balling on a budget. basically. Yes, totally. Because, you know, if you have, and, and, and I should say, first off, the cost for the pop-ups are 4,800 plus tax. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're under five grand for this entire experience. You can bring up to 30 guests um, and really everything's included. Photography, um, there's some food and beverage, a champagne toast, wedding cake, um, all the coordination. So instead of having to coordinate with your florist and your photographer and your caterer and all these different people, it's all streamlined through me. Um, the music for the ceremony, the music for the reception, you know, it's all it's all done, really. Um, but like, let's say you want to spend $10,000 on your wedding. You need to find a venue that's about $1,500 to rent to make that work budget-wise. And it's really difficult to find that in Louisville, especially if you want something that, you know, is downtown or that's kind of cool or, you know, one of the like in-demand venues, you're looking at three to four times that easily for yeah. rental. Yeah. You were saying before we went on that um, people just really have no idea how expensive a wedding really is. Yeah. So they have what they want in their mind and they're like, well, this is our budget. And you're like, well, you can't do that. For, yeah. For that. <laughs> like Pinterest is probably the best thing and the worst thing mm-hmm. to happen to the wedding industry because you see these amazing weddings on Pinterest and think, oh yeah, this is what I want. Um, and then don't realize that it's, you know, probably $50,000 on florals. Um, you know, they're at a, a venue that was 25,000 just to rent. So, right. you know, my sister got married in 2010 on top of the Frasier and the reception downstairs there, open bar, live music, just the whole thing. And I shudder to think of what they paid. But it also drove a wedge between, like, family members and, and, and things like that because of um, just um, people's ideas not always meshing and people taking things personally and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I see this as as being able to mitigate that a little bit as well. Yeah. Well, COVID has changed everybody's perspective on what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a couple I'm working with right now is getting married in May, and they've way scaled back their guest list because of budget and also just because they felt okay that they could eliminate some people off their guest list who weren't super critical to them. Mm-hmm. Not and that important. Yeah, but I mean, a couple <laughs> years ago, if you were like, oh, we're not going to invite these aunts and uncles because we're not close to them, that would have probably created some issues and right. some hurt feelings. And now I think everybody's just more comfortable with the fact that things have to be on a smaller scale. It's okay. And, you know, with the pop-up weddings also, because they're micro weddings, it's a really easy way to just say, Hey, we're just having a micro wedding. So it's a very small guest list, you know, and then you have like the just big the bash you like. in your backyard later or, yeah. or go on a big fancy honeymoon. If you've got the funds to, right. to do that. Yeah, you, yeah, that's one thing you mentioned is, you know, you can utilize those funds for, yeah, the honeymoon or just something else, you know. like Or 
it could be a down payment on a house, just saying. <laughs> I mean, I will never argue with, with anyone who says, eh, we're going to run away and elope and buy a house instead. Well, I know my wife says, you know, we should have just eloped and, and or or had just, you know, a courthouse. Like we did. It was small, and it was kind of on a budget. Um, but it, it just, I don't know, you look back on it, it was like, yeah, it was cool. The pictures, I think, are valuable. Mm-hmm. But out of the whole thing, it's important that it happened. You got married, shared it with some family. But what else besides that is is lasting and you know, but and not some kind of ego driven like you know, oh well, we're gonna invite this person, not this person, you know, that kind of stuff. So, so when you say thirty guests, that's everybody but the couple, right? With that, so it's it's thirty including party? the couple. Okay, because yeah. there's. There's a, a wedding party maybe, but that would be, you know. Yeah, but generally with, with micro weddings and weddings that small, they might have one person stand up on each side with them. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, and I always tell people, one of the easiest ways to cut costs for your wedding is have no wedding party or cut your wedding party way down. Have, have you know, a best man and a, a maid of honor or whatever. Because, um, you know, you think it's 200 bucks for every bouquet you're buying you have to buy another gift for everyone. Sometimes you're paying for hair and makeup for everyone. So the the easiest thing to do to cut regular budget on a wedding is just don't have a wedding party. Is it really two hundred bucks for a bouquet? Um, yeah, I mean it depends on the florist you go with. A lot yeah. bridal bouquets will range from one hundred and fifty to three fifty, just Dang. depending on who you use. So yeah, a really nice bridesmaids bouquet, a hundred to two hundred is what I would budget. What? So yeah, think about that. That's more than I thought. And then you've got, you know, tux rental and all that stuff. And a lot of times you're paying for your people. Sometimes you're flying people in. Yeah, and helping with accommodations, paying for more people at rehearsal dinners. You know, there's the costs add up in ways that you don't even, you know, you don't think to even factor out in the beginning when you're making that plan. So it's uh, the, the big bridal parties are where you really start to get into a lot of extra spending. It's nuts. So this this five thousand dollars basically it gets you all the things you need your your food and well minimal food I guess yeah so our partner for this uh, for this one coming up in June June nineteenth is Board and You so there'll be like the grazing charcuterie boards during the reception so it's a two hour block um, right. and that includes about fifteen minutes for your ceremony and then that other hour and forty five minutes to do you know dances have know toasts cut your cake and then obviously a lot of it's dedicated to photography gotcha and it covers your fee and everything so that yeah. it's it's an all-inclusive fee five thousand dollars forty eight hundred plus tax yep um and that yeah so it's just it takes all the guesswork out yeah you know I, and i think so many i mean i know that so many couples um you know it, they get so stressed about just the planning aspect of the wedding and it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be you know it's it's really not makes so much about that event and what it's really about is the rest of your lives together you know and so I I think that um I like the idea of you know keeping it intimate keeping it you know with the people that are most important to you that really you know need to be there um uh, I know you said you know you know people can always feel butthurt you know get get feelings hurt but um but yeah I I think it's a I think it's a really neat concept 
Um, I, you know, I see it being something that, you know, if someone, maybe a couple's, couple's a little older, um, mm-hmm. they have jobs that are stressful. Maybe it's a second marriage and they had a big wedding the first right. time around and don't want to go that route again. There's, you know, there's a lot of couples that have reached out that have found this really, really appealing. Um, there are ways to personalize it as well. I guess I should say, you know, like the, the florist is able to work with you on like specific, you know, bouquet elements. And if there's certain colors, though everything will be really seasonal. You know, if you're like, I want an all white bouquet or I want a lot of color in my bouquet. So it's not just a one size fits all. Um, you know, your cake flavors and the songs that you choose and the way that you, you know, choose to dress for that day. Those things are all still really personalized decisions that, that I'll walk you through. But um, yeah, the, the major crazy stress is eliminated with this. So they're, they're not, they're not, uh, Bound to electric slide on repeat. Right. <laughs> okay, got it. Good to know. That's that's optimum though, right? Well, you know, I went to a lot of bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, and um, the electric slide was definitely a staple. So you couldn't go to a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah and have them not play the electric slide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's big at weddings still. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, so. I literally don't possess the ability to dance. Like... You might want to have that checked. Well, I, I really don't. Um, before our wedding, we were gonna we went on a cruise as our honeymoon, and my wife was like, "Oh, we should take some some dance lessons." I have a friend who actually actually teaches dance and and does like salsa and all that, and we we go to there, and he's like, "Oh, buddy, like I was I was even beyond help." Like people are like, "No, I'm sure you can," and like, "No, I really can't." He Not. just said, "I'm gonna give you your money back." It's okay. Well, I'm, I'm the same when it comes to, I mean, dancing, I'm, I always say for like a coordinated person, which I like to think I'm pretty coordinated, you know, soccer, basketball, anything like hand-eye coordination, I, I you know, was pretty good at, but then um, trying to dance, I could never do it. And when there's like multiple steps and you got to remember all the different steps and I, I could never do it, couldn't okay. do it. Well, a lot of couples do, you know, like really coordinated, choreographed mm-hmm. dances. And I love those, not so much because they're always really high quality, but because the experience of going through and planning that together is such a like test of a relationship mm-hmm. and can really like teach you a lot about the person that you're marrying. So I think it's a great thing to, to have, you know, some dance lessons before your wedding. We tried. I, I was just a lost cause. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think we ended up doing any dance lessons. No. Probably thought about it, but I don't think we ended up doing it. Well, and our reception was mostly just like chill. We didn't have music and yeah. and that kind of thing. Because it really was a scaled back thing, but um, well, we didn't have to, to do all that. I think maybe we did like a here's the first dance thing or whatever, but that was it. They made, they made uh, my parents made my brother growing up do cotillion. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, I hate it. Uh, um, I never went. I never, like, I had friends that were like, oh, I have to go to Cotillion well, tonight. I was like, and my brother hated it so much and made such a, you know, fuss about it that um, I never had to do it. I was like, I, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. But it was it was to get you ready for all the bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and whatever. And then I guess maybe when you get married, too, it would if you remembered when you were 13 years old how to do those things. But, um, but yeah, I uh, there was no hope for me either when it came to dancing. Like, I, I, I have no rhythm. I don't either. And I can... I can play the drums a little bit, um, but I don't, I don't count my my f- 
first instrument now is guitar, and I'm I'm an okay guitar player, but I remember taking piano lessons as a kid and my teacher getting so frustrated about counting. And she's like, you have to count the rhythm. And I'm like, just just wing it. Right. Yeah, I'm much, that's like when I cook, I don't use a recipe. Yeah. Hardly at all. You know, like I'm much, that's just kind of just how my brain works. Like if I have to go through all the steps in the process, like, you know, I'm bound to mess it up. But if I can just do it based on, you know, like, okay, I need to put this here. This, you know, what like, feels good. Right. Recipe. Right. Well, it's, it's my, my wife, you know, refers to it as the Amelia Bedelia approach, you know, if you're familiar with Amelia Bedelia books, but a little bit of this and a little bit of that in a bowl. Um, but it comes out and it's okay. You know, like I, I, I know what I'm doing. Like I know, I know how to cook pretty well. You know, I, I can, I'm usually taste good, but, but, um, you know, if I were to give you a recipe of something that I've made, I would just be like, well, I can tell you the ingredients that I used, Yeah. <laughs> but I usually season to taste, you know, so it's kind of like, uh, it's hard, but I think, um, yeah, anything that involved, like, that's why I couldn't bake, you know, like I, it's too scientific. You have to be too exact. I suppose I could, I mean, I could, I could follow a recipe exactly, but it's, you know, like knowing me, I would forget, you know, I'd forget the sugar, you know, and then we'd be like, this is really not a good cake. And the, the baking powder you'd forget. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went to why culinary school for baking and pastry. That was what I did, um, not right out of high school, but after a couple mm-hmm. of years of working in restaurants. And it is such an exact science. And really, I loved baking before I went to school for baking and then left there and was like, I don't want to bake anything. Mm-hmm. Again. <laughs> did you go to Sullivan? No, I went to Johnson & Wales. Okay. Was in, at the time, it was in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now they've moved their campus to Raleigh. But um, yeah, it was just a you know, I guess anything that you do once it becomes a job you have to do, it's a little less fun. Yes. But I get it. Yeah. I, I um I had a buddy who went to Johnson and Wales actually. Um and he's not a cook. <laughs> I mean he's he's he can cook, he's a talented cook, but he uh yeah, he didn't he didn't go the culinary route. But um yeah, I think that I agree, you know, like you said, if 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 the job if you're not doing it because you love it or because you want to do it, you know, it, it can it's like anything else. I feel like you can get burnt out on it. You just, you lose your passion for it. Like, um, you know, that's, you know, the kids in sports start too early or they're, you know, you specialize them or whatever. Like, and you just take the passion, take the fun away, you know, like, um, so you gotta like maybe one day get back to cooking for you, you know? Yeah. Um, get closer. There. Sorry. There sorry. Well, and I that's why I think bake, you keep cutting. I out. used to bake a lot like for family and friends, you know, like making birthday cakes for my kids and things like that. And now I've even, had to let go of that because it's just too stressful mm-hmm. when you don't do it regularly enough then you like lose that muscle memory for it right. so it's now i just know really good bakers and i buy cakes from them <laughs> right well and then when you're trying to eat better very few things that are baked are actually very good for you well <laughs> yeah that too unfortunately <laughs> that's what i've been trying to do is, is eat a little better but then you baked stuff is unless you're like baking fish or something but or <laughs> chicken but uh right cake bread baking desserts right yeah yeah we'll go to like paul's market um and they have like just all these cake slices you know like i'm going i'm there for fruit you know like i'm specifically <laughs> here for fruit but then they have like all these different kinds of cakes sliced and um and then they have like pies and, all that. and like it's just i generally resist them I, I have bought stuff on occasion but um, but yeah, like the temptation is always, like, it's, 
like I'm one of those people, like if it's not there, I don't miss it. But if it's there, then I want to eat it. You know, like yeah. if there's chocolate in the house, if there's ice cream in the house, whatever, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> so if I can just avoid it for the most part, then then I'm good. But Yeah, we're going to be on the struggle bus for the next few weeks because we have a house full of Easter candy. So mm-hmm. I should probably... Just, just eat it throw all, it all in one away day. right now. <laughs> or throw it all away. Yeah. So yeah, if you just binge it in one day, just, then, yeah. it's, then it's gone. That's what we used to do with the kids in Halloween. Just go at it. And then, you know, follow the following week, you're like, you know, wean them off of it. And then it's just out of sight, out of mind. Well, like, and I can, I can, you know, like, I like chewy candies. Like, I mean, I like Skittles, but like, um, you know, jelly beans and some of these other things. Like, I like them, but I... I can, you know, like, I'm not going to be tempted by them, really. Like, um, Kit Kat, <laughs> you know, or, like, uh, I guess Easter, they've got these Dove chocolate eggs, you know, or, like, they're, like, a half egg. Um, anyway, those things, like, just milk chocolate, I'm I'm much more likely to, to raid the kids. Yeah, I'm all in on those. Yeah. The Reese's I don't know, eggs. a bag of Haribo Gold gummy bears, though. That's my wife likes that, oh. like that <laughs> sweet Herbo. tarts and all that. But otherwise, I'm more chocolate it's just stuff. chocolate. Yeah, yep. but gummy bears are like I do like gummy and bears. really that brand specifically, the real ones. Yeah. yeah, the real ones. Yeah, they, they have they're like firm but not too firm. Yeah, you know? my wife really loves like sour candy. She loves Sour Patch Kids. Um, she doesn't eat them a lot, but she, you know, like and whenever well, one thing I usually get when I go to uh, when I go to Paul's is. Um, Paul's getting, they're not giving us any money for these. (laughs) No, I was going to say, I'm at Paul's a lot. No free ads. Um, but they, they, they have those sun kissed fruit gems, you know, like just, you know, so I usually get like a handful of those and she loves those, but yeah, like those kind of things, like I can, I can, you know, take them or leave them. But yeah, I, I, what I get usually are those Lindor chocolate truffles. Mm -hmm. They're like little balls. That's the fancy stuff. My husband loves those. Those are his favorite. Yeah. And they're. You know they're like fifty cents a piece, so you get like seven hundred of them, and it's pretty expensive. But uh, no, but I, I like I usually get like a variety, so I'll get like the caramel ones, and I get the you know like the milk chocolate and the dark chocolate and the sea salt. Um, you know, I'm thinking of my children though. Like Joe likes the dark chocolate, and you know <laughs> Eliza likes the milk chocolate. But then you hide them from them when you get. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like I'm thinking of you. I'm just not going to share them with you. But uh, no, so. Um, I can talk about food forever because I, I do love food. But, well, you and Neil have known each other for quite some time, right? Mm-hmm. Long yeah. time. I don't know if we should date ourselves here. I know. But, Ballard yeah. Bruins, 1995. Yeah. Well, too so, late. Been dated. So what would that yeah. have been, 1991? Is that when we started high school? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Wow. Yeah, so that long. It's crazy. Well, like, when I, when I see, um, like, I don't know, college basketball players or whatever, and they were born in. 2002 yeah it just it's it is kind of crazy um it it just it's really weird to me you know like that that people born in the 2000s are legally adult yeah yeah that they're able to do anything yeah it's true (laughs) now (laughs) they can even function now you you go on you're filling out a form online and it's like year and you have to like keep scrolling a few times now it's like oh come on yeah well and, and, and you get into like new age brackets like in um you know like you're filling out a form like say you know whatever and it's like are you 25 to 32 or are you you know or 33 to 41 or you know i don't know like but uh whenever you go into that next age bracket it's like oh 
Here You're about to enter a new age bracket, I believe. Yep. I will be, well, I don't know if it's a new age bracket, but it, it is a new decade for me. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be the big 4-0 in June. So not not quite as old as you guys, but. No. <laughs> but close. We have so it? much wisdom, though. Right. That's right. With right. all this age. I, ha- I have, part of my knee is fake. That's how old I am. <laughs> Bionic. Yeah. I tell my children, you know, because my, my, my oldest, he's a, a bit of a know-it-all. Um, <laughs> you know, for the most part, it's good. Like, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm glad that he knows as much as he does, but he can be condescending about it, too. He's like, <laughs> no, Dad. But, um, you know, I got to remind him sometimes. It's like, you know, you, there's no substitute for life experience. Yeah. That's true. And I will Not say sure me, I can figure out quite a bit tech-wise. I don't know if I ever told the story on on this podcast or not, but long story short is last year I had to help a very old woman figure out zoom, but it was during COVID. So I couldn't go to her house. So it's, I'm like on the phone with her teaching her how to get on zoom and the level of frustration that it got to, cause it was like the, the amount of knowledge that she had wasn't even sufficient for like the, she had no the, baseline. The concept, yeah. yeah she had no baseline. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, so look up on the screen, and she'd be like, well, I see the camera there. No, not the the screen, the display. You know, like, well, and and what's I mean, and she still does. The lady that he's referring to does pretty well for her demographic, but um, but again, yeah, like I mean, trying to communicate in, you know, the world that we're in. Um, you know, face to face, but not being face to face. Like, and so it, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's what would we have done though? We've talked about this some, but like uh, as much as we've become like zoom fatigued, I mean, w- what would we have done um, without it? You know, we talked about that uh, when we had um, Jeff. No, no. Um, Heather, Heather. Yeah. When we had Heather on like Heather bell. Yeah. It was, um, you know, just, it's allowed us to stay connected. I mean, we get, you know, technology can be really frustrating, can get, you know, but, but I think that it would have been a lot harder for a lot of us. Like imagine 1918, there's no, um, I mean, when you're shut in, you're literally shut in. There's nothing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no communication with the outside world. Like your immediate family, that's pretty much it. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways, but, um, yeah, but I, I, I know the struggle. I know you wanted, like, with with the lady who shall remain nameless, <laughs> uh, I know you you wanted to bang your head against the wall. It was just maddening cause, because you you couldn't, there were no steps to walk her through. If you could have, like, seen her, like, you could have done, you know, and, like, and like had some sort of tool to guide her hands for her. Yes. <laughs> but then my sister is seven years younger than me, and she is, like way beyond me tech wise and her husband who's about the same age as her he works for dell and is like a network engineer or something and so like they have you know they have a server at their house that they do all this crazy stuff on and i don't i have no idea with that so i i'm limited yeah well i will say because i you know pre-covid i already worked remotely Mm -hmm. so everything was on zoom and so it was like a I actually really welcomed being able to do all of my meetings on Zoom instead of, like, I felt guilty if I didn't go to someone's house to meet with them in person mm-hmm. for event planning. 
but really nobody wants you in their house. Like it, no. it's just, and especially now, you know, it's, it's not totally safe yet and it's not comfortable. So I actually really like the fact that I don't have to spend 30 minutes driving to get somewhere. It's just, everybody has more time in their day. And I really do think that, you know, even though like community is important and being together is important, the efficiency that you can gain. And even if you use that time that you gain to do other stupid things and, you know, waste time in other ways, like the efficiency that you gain from not having to physically drive somewhere and Mm -hmm. be there for a meeting or an appointment, I think is life-changing. I love it. I I mean, I I agree. I think that, um, you know, a lot of that in-person meeting thing when like specifically like with an employer and an employee, it's like about control, you know? So it's like, I can make you come here, you know, to be in this meeting. And, um, but you know, you're not really gaining anything, you know, by just being there physically, you know? So it's, and and I think that it's been good for a lot of, um, a lot of companies, you know, like, I mean, I guess good and bad for some, but it's, it's been good in the sense that they've seen how productive people can be from home. Like for my wife in particular, I mean, she has really thrived working from, from her home office and her whole team has, and I don't think she'll ever have to go back to, you know, so it's been a real blessing for her, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like you're, you can just, as long as, as long as your people are being productive um, and there's kind of a way to measure that, I mean, you know, like you may have a little more freedom, you have more flexibility, but um, at the end of the day, like if you're getting the job done, um, I, th- I think that's all that really matters. And, and so businesses kind of have to relinquish some of that control. Um, but I think in, what you get in return is um, people that are willing and want to work, you have a happier workforce, you know, and I think that goes a long way. And it, and it, it just makes your company look better too. I mean, mm-hmm. like I, my wife's company, uh, I feel like it's handled this really, really well. Um, and, and there's so many that I think were resistant. My brother-in-law worked for a company that, I mean, just up until the last possible minute was willing to let their employees work from home. And when, I mean, when there's really no reason for them to be there, I mean, there's certain jobs where you got to be there, but this is an office job where you're making phone calls and on emails and texts and, you know, whatever, there's no reason for them to have had to come in the office other than just be like, I'm going to make you. So, um, Anyway, I think, you know, it's like kind of being on the right side of history kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, let's be progressive and aggressive and, and, you know, you get get a better work life balance that way, I think too, because then you cut out that hour of commute, you cut out the hour lunch that you have to carve out of the day. You can be more efficient and, you know, oh, hey, I've got to run my kid to school real quick. Well, you can do that. And instead of oh, I've got to hire somebody to watch my kid from this time and then take them to school because there was a time we had to do that. Like, I've got to leave. We need to hire somebody for an hour every morning or whatever. And that, you know, it's be a lot better if I can just run my kiddo to school. Right. Yeah, being able to schedule for life, I think, is something that everybody's a lot more just aware of now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I still kind of like the work-life balance thing always is difficult for me. And I think, um, because truly I believe that there's no such thing as a work-life balance. I think Mm -hmm. there's times where you have to focus more of your time and energy on work. And then there's times where you have to focus more on your family. And so if it's like a 70, 30 for a few weeks and then you slide back the other way, I, 
I used to feel really guilty when my kids were little, if I was working a lot, because I felt like however many hours I spent at work was exactly how much time and energy I needed to be putting into them. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that. And, you know, moms who work always have this guilt of feeling like they're not doing everything. And like, right. it's okay just to say, you don't have to have a work-life balance every single day. Right. Like, there are days where you just have to work super hard and there might be week fun end where you have to work super hard and you know, you'll find a way to make up for it on the back end or in some other way. Yeah. I just took my daughter to Nashville last weekend for spring break for a couple of days and she's 13. And the only thing she said was that she just didn't want me to be on my phone working while we were there. And I was like, all right, done. So That's I, awesome. I worked super hard, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, leading up to us going so that all day, Thursday, Friday, I could just have my email off and focus on her. And it was great. Yeah. Um, I think kids' perspective, too, can change. Like, 2019, my wife traveled almost every week. She'd leave, like, Sunday night, come back Thursday night, mm-hmm. and, and that was hard. And then she 2020, she spent working from home, and then the kids would be put out, like, oh, you're not off work yet at 6 o'clock. You know, it's like, well, heck, and here I will be, and then I'm home, and I right. see you. And then now she, she did a couple – uh, quick day trips, like I'm going to Cincinnati. I'll be right back. I'll be back this evening, and the and the kids are like put out by that. It's like, I mean, we gotta we gotta work, guys. My I used to come home, my sister and I, to a babysitter after school. Yeah, because so, my parents didn't get home till six, and that you know there was nothing, and here we are. They're like home, doing school from home most of the time. Yeah, extracurriculars are canceled. Mm-hmm. It it will take time to recalibrate that. I mean, my kids, and even though they're big and they're you know, they're not nearly as easy as if they were younger kids, still are like, what time's dinner? Like, like, yeah. In 2019, I think I was in. Uh, you know, I counted the other day, 14 or 15 different cities, like mm-hmm. for a week plus. Yep. And they lived. They managed. They survived. They didn't starve to death. Someone right. fed them. Someone drove them places. Yep. But yeah, I think I think that um, you know what you mentioned about just the guilt, and I think that that's you know my my sister in law was dealing with that quite a bit early on um, in the pandemic, just because she felt like I mean, she has two small children, and she was working from home. Her husband's working from home, but they're just consumed with their job, and so like they're basically just like here, you know have a screen and they're like, well, I'm not doing all I can do as a mom because I'm doing this. And it's like, you know, I mean, she ultimately did end up quitting her job and, but not everybody, <laughs> not, not everybody has that ability, you know? And like, fortunately, like they're in a position where they could do that. But, um, but you know, I, I try to be as reassuring as comforting as I could. My, my wife was, you know, cause it's like, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. The kids are going to be okay. You know, right. like they're, they're young, they're, you know, kids are resilient, you know, even, 13 and 16 year olds, they're resilient. And and I think that in the grand scheme of things, they understand um, that, you know, there's, there's the bigger picture they've got, um, especially the older kids, but in the younger kids, like, you know, having an extra hour or two or three or four <laughs> of screen time um, compared to what they would normally get because, you know, we're not in a pandemic or you're not in school like you should be or whatever. Um, I don't think it's going to have a real long-term adverse effect on them. And like all you can do, I think as a parent is the best you can do. And I, and I know, I mean, as a woman 
how difficult it can be. I mean, I, I'm not a woman, obviously, but, <laughs> but, but I, I understand and I appreciate that, um, you know, like just the added pressure because it's like, you know, I, I try to be aware of it. Like my wife um, will sometimes remind me, but it's like, you have to, it's almost like an innate thing. You have to just do everything. Like, even though, you know, like I try to help around the house or help do this and that, whatever, just because like I try to be a good partner or whatever, but, but um, like all the planning, all the things like, it's just, it's like, she takes it as her responsibility. And then, you know, the maternal, you know, like I've got to make sure. And it's, it's just an added amount of pressure. I, I, I watching the um, women's national championship. I thought it was really cool. Um, Adia Barnes is the coach of Arizona. You know, she just had a baby. She's got another kid and just talking about being, you know, a mom and being a division one power five coach, you know, at a high level and you can do it all and, and have it all. And you're gonna, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think it's empowering to women. I think it's, it, it's, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like I said, yeah, I'm, but there I, are, yeah, there are, I think, you know, and even though I have a great husband and he is great at helping with things and we have a really good partnership, there are like, there's just certain things that, you know, as much as we've tried to not be traditional in our household roles and mm-hmm. there's still just, I mean, like no one is going to clean the kitchen as, as well as I'm going to clean the kitchen, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. Well, and it, and like I said, I think it's just kind of one of those things where you just, it, you innately, and I, I think it, as a woman, like, and I, I, you know, I can only speak from, you know, like the women in my life and how I know, like my, my wife, my mom, like you just, you know, you take that response, you know, you, you take on the role of planning, you know, like for trips, you know, like, like I got to make sure I get everything together, you know, cause if I leave it to my husband, it's not going to get done, you know? And it's just, and, and you're also full-time work, you, you know, you're full-time, you know, with your job and you're, you know, you're full-time mom, you're like, it's, and, and so like, it's just, an additional amount. I mean, and like I said, I, I, I try to be helpful. And my wife always says, you know, I know that if I tell you to do something, you'll do exactly what I tell you to do. Um, you know, it's not that you're not willing to help, but it's like, you don't think of it just, you know, and that, and like I said, I try to be, um, aware and, and do things without being prompted. But, um, yeah, like, I I don't know. I don't want to come across as like, you know, just typical man, but, but, I, uh, what you, uh, yeah, but, but I, but I, I do think it's something that, you know, as men, you should try to be conscious of and like, just, you know, and, and, and try to be appreciative of, um, you know, what, what they, you know, they as in your significant other really do, um, you know, beyond just the, I don't know what's quote unquote expected, you know, yeah. like it's, it's not necessarily what you're thinking about because they've already thought of it. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. It's hard to put into words, but I know what, I know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. And our division of like, you know, responsibility has kind of ebbed and flowed over the years. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in some ways we've swapped, you know, I do, I'm in charge of things that she would have been in charge of earlier in our relationship and vice versa. And, and it's funny, and we'll, we'll sometimes do something. And we're like, okay, you're not allowed to be me. It's just, yeah. It, it. Yeah. Well, when our kids were little, my husband worked for himself, and I had a full time job. So he actually was like, I mean, we joked that he was Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. Like he did bedtime every night. He did dinner every night. He did all that stuff because I worked nights. And, um, you know, I think we really tried to 
make sure that our kids just were like, like you said, resilient and really flexible. So we never had a super set schedule. It was like some nights they ate at six and some nights I was getting off work. So they would eat at eight or nine and, you know, it's like it worked at the time and it's great, but it is strange how like we, we have become more traditional over time, which is something I never would have thought Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, even though I, to be honest, really can't wait to start traveling for work all the time again. Right. (laughs) I won't be mad. Huh. That's interesting. Cause I don't know. I like traveling too. And then, um, but for work, I don't know. It's like, it's a lot to travel for work too. Um, and I know when Samantha was traveling all the time, it was hard on her, but it was hard on me as well. Cause it, I was, it was all me, you know, it's like three kids, a job, animals, house, all that stuff. And it, it's, it's wild, but it's, it's fun as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've had different jobs where I've traveled for work and I, I've always liked it. Um, you know, I mean, I don't always like to be away, you know, you know but I, generally if I was gone, it was for a day or two, you know, but I like to see different places, you know, I always like to, I, know, do too. I like to eat different food, you know, like, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I always look forward to traveling and I'm, I do look forward to a time, um, hopefully in the not too distant future where just like any kind of travel is, is, is just okay. Yeah. Feel safe and comfortable to do. In, in September, I had a conference in Minneapolis and everyone in my family was doing school or work remotely. So we rented a Sprinter van and packed it up and made a road trip out of it. And, and that was really cool too. Yeah. yeah. I always say I work for vacation. So, I, you know, like <laughs> um, this past year was, was tough, you know, like um, I mentioned before we got on, you know, for, compared to a lot of people, the pandemic was pretty good to us, you know, like, and, and by comparison, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but I do look forward to just being able to go places and, we, we did go to Red River Gorge last weekend. That was the first time that we've been out of town since, I think, summer of 2019, like wow. as, as a family. Um, so it was, it's was it been a long time coming. And we, we're, you know, we're travelers. Like, we like to go, I mean, even if it's just for a weekend or overnight, like, we like to go and do stuff. So um, that was, like, we rented an Airbnb, and we, you know, we got pizza from Miguel's of course which Miguel's is, is awesome also <laughs> not not paying us anything for mentioning <laughs> them but um but you know like but it was about as safe as you can be in in traveling in a pandemic but um you know I, I think that we're it's been a very very long tunnel but I do think that there is finally light at the end of it um you know just if people um, hopefully do what they need to do and not um, mess it up right here at the end. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that we're, we are getting closer to that, but we're getting there. Well, Veronica, let, um, we won't keep you hostage. Let, let us know how to find you. Okay. And also we need to talk to our friend who is maybe wedding planning. Yeah. We'll connect you all. Yeah. yeah. So the website is in love and um, it's at in love in Lou on Facebook and Instagram. So you can get in touch with me anyway through there. And then again, my my real company is Big mm-hmm. Day Events. And so you can find that online as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's lots of ways to get in touch with me. And then final question, what do you love about Louisville? Oh, my gosh. 
Well, you know, like everybody, they leave to go to college and then say they're never going to come back and then always come back. Guilty. So, um, I mean, I think there's so many cool things about Louisville and I'm, I, it's been a really difficult year for Louisville in so many ways, mm-hmm. but I think that people, you know, feel united and, and their love of Louisville is really, really strong. And being able to use that kind of collective energy to improve and, and be better moving forward, I think is really gives me a lot of hope. Nice. All right. Check out Veronica online in Love and Lou and Big Day Events, right? All right. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks Thank for you. stopping Thank by. you for joining us. It was yeah. fun. Thanks for listening to Talk About Town. Don't forget to check our social media at TalkAboutTownKY. Drop us a line at Neil at TalkAboutTownKY.com. Jeremy at TalkAboutTownKY.com. Neil Cox and Jeremy Judah are your friendly realtors with Judah Real Estate Group.